mysteries to be solved, and we gotta talk about it. What's up? How's it going, um, Eli? Got now you got me craving a taco. <laughs> what kind of taco? There's lots of kinds. There's no wrong kind of taco. I don't care what anybody says. The best kind. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like we said, New Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 2, we're covering... Um, we're going international on this one. Yeah, the case is called A Death in Oslo, and it's intriguing, to say the least. Get your passports ready. Man, Come so Dan, you mentioned. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just drop this little nugget now. Did you mention so, you, you have a history with this hotel, right? Yeah, I actually stayed in this hotel in 2010. Did you see a haunted, uh, unidentified Trinity girl? No, no, I did not. Did you? See I, I didn't even know about this when I stayed there. It's now a Radisson blue. It's very nice. Did you see a mysterious girl <laughs> who looked like very, she was, very nice? Did you see a mysterious yeah, girl who looked like she was uh, in the movie Blade Runner? No, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'd never heard of this until until this aired. So yeah, none of these cases. Um, actually, I feel like the Lester Eubanks one is a little familiar. Um, but yeah, they've they've been pretty good about finding cases that haven't been overly covered. Apparently. Yeah. Like, I know there's a long podcast about the Lester Eubank, and I think I might kind of dip into it. ABC News, actually. Like, literal ABC News has a podcast about Lester Eubanks trying to find him. Uh, another interesting thing is, this is the second case that has been in the Unsolved Mysteries Reddit from, like, back in the day. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, this there, happens in a, 95, right? So Yeah, this happens in 95, but the thread dates back. Well, the original thread for this story is from three years ago. Uh, the Jack Wheeler thread that I found was from like four or five years ago. Mm. So it, it's kind of interesting. I wonder what other old threads that are in the Reddit that might be coming up or possibly future episodes. I wonder yeah. how much of this they're they're mining from, I honestly, from their fan base. Kind of like how X-Files used to mine story ideas from X-File forums. Yeah, they would listen. That was the first show that was like had an active online audience that like the writers were sneaking into and listen and like listening to what the fans were saying or reading, I guess, what the fans were saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. And another thing I want to talk about is that um, uh, the magic of Instagram. We found some people that were production and filmed some of these. There's one guy who was like multiple reenactment actors and he's actually a photography guy. So he was there shooting some stuff, but he like, you know, his team, like they, they were also doubling as reenactment actors. Cause no one's actually saying anything in these, in these reenactments, you know, it's all angles and backs of heads. So, um, you, so, and they said that they filmed the shit over two years ago. So I'm wondering how much shit they already have lined up. Like, yeah, that they've been doing for a while. And, and with you saying the fact that they were using some of their production crew for the reenactment, just re, you know, reinforces, you know, back when Robert Stack started this, you know, the original episodes where there's like, hey, we got no money for extras. So, hey, hey. yeah, the, yeah, you want to jump in? I, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the first episode, but the, um, some of the, some of the production people work for Troma, which is yeah, you did. a super low budget horror movie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they you know they started back very, in the day with Toxic Avenger, and I don't even know what very they're doing Harrison now. Ford, <laughs> very Harrison Ford of this crew. Yeah, <laughs> do that. They're all just kind of doing a bunch good. of jobs. 
Um, it'd be cool to have one of those guys. I wonder if I could get one of those guys. That'd be sick. Um, so anyway, uh, this case, I guess to start off, we're gonna. I want to introduce a guy by the name of Lars Christian Wegner, and he's the journalist um, who found this story super intriguing and wrote about it when it came when it happened. You know, he wrote about it a little bit after it happened in 1996, and he said like he's always kept it in the drawer and dusted it off every now and then. And um, he actually made a documentary like two three years ago. And uh, uh, like a little 30-minute documentary that you can watch. And if you watch it on the website, it has uh, English subtitles. And you get a little bit more information. And uh, It's a um, very cool website. Like it's very interactive. You, there's yeah. different evidence photos that you can click on it. And it'll bring up, you know, like a little blurb about what you're looking at. And then like the different leads they followed up to verify what's relevant and what wasn't relevant. The coolest thing is the 3D photo. Um, I guess it's an it's the hotel room, but it's updated. So I guess it's like they went into the hotel room, but the furniture is updated. But like it, it's the same. The layout's layout. the same. And um, there's like a, a dummy that looks like the body, and you can and it's you can like click on things, and it's like a little 3D picture that paints out the actual yeah. crime scene. Uh, we'll we'll it's post. Let's cool. post that link in one of uh, one of our posts. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the link in the, in the bio in the bio for the week that we're. Oh, we got to learn how to use – there's like a – what is it? A link um, tree for Instagram now? It is It is oh. crazy. Um, I think the visuals are flipped like the actual room from what we saw. I think from, from what I remember – and it could have just been like the angle that they shot it. I thought that the, the door – they made it seem like the door coming into the room had the bed on the right. But when you're looking at the reenactment stuff like that visual, the the door is actually on the other side. So maybe it's just the way that they shot it and the way that I thought yeah. things were happening. But Netflix made it seem like when they were coming in showing the body that they were showing that it was like them coming into the room. And so it kind of threw my threw me threw me off. So when I saw it on the website, I'm like, oh, it was it's different. Lars has always found this story really intriguing, and uh, we'll just uh, tell it the way he does. Maybe add some more details that we find uh, found out. Uh, but yeah, so we're going back to 1995. It's May 31st. It's a Wednesday. That night, a woman checks into the Plaza Hotel in Oslo, Norway, and um. This was the most. Uh, this was the elite hotel in in Oslo at that time. Not anymore. Like Dan said, you stayed there, and it's like what a Radisson. It, well, it's a Radisson Blue, which is a very. Oh, it's still, oh, so it's still nice. Yeah, no, it's super swanky. Um, but not the nicest in Oslo by far. Uh, I anymore. would say it, it, it's probably still up there. Still up there. Okay. I so mean, I um, there's a "Do Not Disturb" sign on her room for three days, and then day three comes. And the cashier realizes that there's no credit card attached to her room. So they send security to go knock on her door. And uh, basically, the security approaches. They knock on the door, which has had the Don't Disturb sign on for a couple days. And they hear a gunshot. The security guard kind of freaks out, doesn't know what to do, stays there for a while, and then goes away to go uh, get, like I guess, more security. And uh, so there's 15 minutes where nobody's in front of this door. It's weird because they say two security guards go up to check, right? I don't know. I thought it was just one. I think they make it. It's just one. I could have sworn it was two. And he went and got another one. 
So um, they, he goes to security headquarters. 15 minutes go by. Um, then they knock, and then they open the door, which was double locked. I mean, that means only security could get in. They find the, a woman dressed up in heels, uh, jacket, like she's ready to go out. And uh, she appears to have shot herself in the head. She's laying on the bed. Her legs are on the ground. And, yeah, she's quite deceased. They noticed an acrid smell, bad smell, and they just uh, left the room immediately and contacted the authorities. That's interesting. Like, they, they noticed an air, like a bad smell, like, right out of the gate. Like, maybe. Yeah, do, that's do weird. Bodies start to smell immediately. Like, no. I mean, if there's a lot of blood present, then there would be like a heavy smell of, of iron, but maybe that's the scent of iron isn't necessarily sour, sour or bad. It just smells yeah. metally. Um, so she has a gun in her hand. It's like on her chest, right? Yeah. It's laying on her chest. Yeah. Uh, no trace of another person that they could find. No apparent struggle. Um, they surmised that she had been living uh, alone in this hotel room. Police think she was just kind of like, you know, she went there knowing that she was going to kill herself and uh, just kind of was in a depressed cycle for the three days. She ordered in a couple times and um, I guess she shoots herself when someone knocks on the door. Uh, so. Yeah, that is just crazy to me. And then the weirdness starts, right? Um, normal suicides uh, aren't like this. There's no ID. Nothing at all. Um, they can link them to where she is or even where she's from until they get very deep into it. Yeah. They notice uh, that, like the information on your registry slip is all bogus. Like the, the phone number that's on there, I think is fake. The address. She yeah. Knows the is phone, fake. The, yeah. Um, the, the address was for a small town in Belgium uh, and uh, Verlaine, I think. And, Basically, the address was correct. Like the ad the street existed, the street no the house number didn't, and the number was consistent enough with the area. Is what they said. Um, she gave the name Jennifer Fairgate and the Belgian address. Uh, she had like yeah, no credit cards, nothing like that, no any form of ID. And they were saying even then, um, when you check into a European hotel. You definitely have to check in with your passport, especially if you're from a different country. Uh, yeah, that's just something that that's the way it's been even back then. So it's just super odd that she gets a hotel room at this five star hotel where dignitaries and celebrities alike uh, stayed when they were in the Oslo area. So another weird thing, lots of clothes for her upper body, right? And uh, I think there was another pair of shoes um, that's an interesting thing. No, we'll talk about the shoes later. Lots of clothes for her upper body, but no pants were found. Nothing like that. No clothes for her lower body. The Her fingerprints were all over the room, but they, that shit went nowhere, right? Like um, they, they, they send the prints through Interpol. Um, it comes back negative. No one's reported her missing. Or she doesn't have it like a criminal past. So nothing there. Uh, prior to arrival, apparently, she mentioned that she was going to be checking in with a Lewis Fairgate as well. She called ahead, right? Yes. And one employee says that uh, she actually showed up with a man. 
The employees report seeing a man once and only once. It is interesting to note that maybe uh, they were just kind of like in line close together and, you know, I don't know. And she probably sees a lot of people, but it's a very distinctive androgynous woman in 1995 with short hair and a, a fancy black jacket, you know? I'm so intrigued and lost in this website right now. Dude. It is so well done. Yeah, it's very thorough. So nobody knows if this Lewis Fairgate actually exists. At this point, there's enough weird stuff for them to start looking at the case like it is a homicide, but that doesn't really go anywhere. They keep the body for a full year before burying it. Um, You know, they keep it for the year, hoping they can identify her, but nobody claims her missing in all of Europe and beyond, I guess. And she's eventually buried in this unmarked grave. And, you know, the guy explains that it was just like the four pallbearers and a priest and, you know, real sad. And they don't even give her like a tombstone I, I, or a headstone. Know, nothing. It's just, I feel like here there would at least, or in most places, some places there would at least be like a, you know, here lies this John you know, Doe or Jane uh, Doe. Hashtag Jennifer Fairgate. Yeah. Hashtag. For them, it was just like, Oh, <laughs> she's uh she's buried on the South side of this uh, tree. Yeah. Yeah. What it. would you put on your headstone? Uh, Jennifer Fairgate or Jane Doe. If yeah. He, Jane if, Doe. If can't yeah. confirm. Yeah. One of God's angels is what it would say. Something like that. Uh, no, I don't know. It is sad though. Yeah. It's like, she's just buried under a tree. So Lars, the journalist, um, and co scour the town of Verlaine, Belgium, which is a small town population, 4,238. I, I think that's current, right? I'm going to assume. That's what they say I, in I the episode. Um, wasn't this populated back then. With the help of a Belgian reporter named Cedric Lagast, they uh, ask everybody in this small area if, uh, with a picture, you know, of the woman in the jacket if they know this lady and nobody knows this lady. They even talked to a colorful fellow who was the mayor of Verlaine and he grew up there in the fifties and in the eighties, you know, he would have been a young man and, uh, he did not know this lady at all. She didn't, she didn't look familiar to him. So, um, we get to see the town goes nowhere, but they do walk down the street. You know, there's no one forty eight. Uh, the street ends at 100 or was it was it 148 or 140? It might have been 140, whatever. Lars says it's like following a ghost. You know, it's like she must have had, and they also say that she must have had friends, boyfriends, colleagues, you know, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. Um, this is when they start talking about the theories. Everyone obviously thinks maybe she was depressed and killed herself and didn't want it to be a burden on the family, right? So she uh, kind of... Gets rid of yeah, any ton- trace of her identification. Tons and tons of different theories about where this woman could have came from. Yeah. And maybe maybe like some sort of high up family or some religious family that would be super embarrassed to like, uh, you know, have be associated with some woman without pants that was like murdered in a, that was dead in a hotel room, you know? And they're just like, "Oh, that's our daughter," but we're just not going to say anything. Was that the? Was that the? Was that it? That she didn't wear pants? That was the that's one thing. She, this was the <laughs> one thing they couldn't get over. Yeah, she looked like I'm out of here. 
taking my one pair of pantyhose with me. <laughs> uh, the weapon was a pretty powerful one for a handgun, right? Uh, yeah, nine mil. Nine millimeter. I don't know what that means, but but it's pretty. Like, no, it's pretty up there. I mean, it, it's, it ain't no twenty-two. Guy, yeah, it's not a. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it does, a nine millimeter does have some recoil. Yeah, the guy was shooting it, and he was a big, burly, you know, bald man who looked like he had seen some shit. Um, so yeah, and imagining a little, you know, a girl's small frame as our Mister Jennifer Fairgate. Yeah, it's weird, and we haven't even talked about how the way her hand is holding the gun is weird. But also, if you're using two hands to like shoot yourself in the head, I don't know. It, it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and the gun also probably had, like you said, some kick. Yeah. And the exit, I don't know, a lot of people on Reddit were saying that there wouldn't necessarily be blowback blowback and blood splatter if there was an exit wound. But I don't think that's right. I feel like there would still be maybe a little bit of blood splatter. Well, there was. They showed some on the wall. If you No, I'm talking about, website. like, for the hands. I know there was blood splatter. There was obviously, oh. yeah. You know, because they show because the hands are completely clean. Somebody on Reddit was also saying that the gun was bloody, but Dan and I looked pretty closely, and it, it just it kind of looks like that, but it's just a glare, kind of like a brownish glare. It looks almost yeah. It almost looks I was going to ask about that. I was going to ask about that too. But then, you, if you look at the pictures though of the the gun itself, yeah, like in evidence with like the white yeah. background and stuff. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't it doesn't look dirty at all. Yeah. Um, we also need to mention that the briefcase, the attache case that was found had, yeah, that's fun to say, had 25 rounds, which is, yeah, uh, as if you would need that many plus seven in the magazine. Oh, okay. Fully loaded. Interesting. They didn't mention that. There was a test shot fired on the, yeah, that's something, that's something they don't mention. Um, test shot or some people are thinking that. He did it through. She shoots herself through the pillow and uh, misses the first time by like an, a fraction of an inch or whatever it might be. Um, or her supposed killer misses the first time by a fraction of an inch or whatever it might be. I don't know. It didn't look like there could be. A, there was no struggle. Like, yeah, but also she's completely uh, passed out. Um, as we learn when this guy gets together, uh, he kind of has a little brainstorming session, Lars, uh, with some retired crime guys, some, you know, for the Norwegian police. And they ask the question immediately, like, ah, could she have been drugged? And then he's like, I had the toxicology report and they only tested her for alcohol in 1995. Doesn't seem a little weird. That is weird. Cause the eighties, man, you're riddled with cocaine and. Right. Ludes. Yeah, Ludes. <laughs> Friggin' Ludes, man. I've seen I've seen almost famous. <laughs> Poor Penny Lane. Uh Yeah, that is that's odd. Maybe because it was a Norwegian thing, maybe they didn't think I don't know. I'm just guessing. Might not have anything to do with them being Norwegian. Um The chief pathologist is utterly fucking confused like you, you see him like even when he does all the ways like he holds the barrel in front of his gun uh, uh, like to his head to like how you know you'd maybe like stabilize it because you'd be shaking and then 
yeah, he's just like, it just makes no sense that there's no blood splatter because especially how like inaccurate and how messy it would have been if you're shooting yourself. Like it makes no sense that there's nothing on it. There might be a reason for blood not being on her hands. Yeah, wasn't the gun wiped? I saw something on Reddit that the gun was oddly, like, there wasn't, like... Well, I'm looking at this uh, website, and they're, they're talking about the gun in this photo evidence uh, little section. And it they're talking about the pillow that had a bullet hole through it does have some back spatter on one side of the pillow. So mm. what if it was possible oh. that she used the pillow on her head and then the gun on top of that and when it fired the recoil throws the pillow off to the side of her body thus her hands landing on her chest and because the pillow is between her the gun and the forehead that absorbed all the back spatter thus leaving her hands clean but it doesn't explain the lack of gun residue because when a gun fires the exiting cartridge releases you know there's there's all this hot gas and un spent carbon from the the charge yeah so, and know. also how did the how did the pillow end up behind her too yeah that's what i was gonna say is some people say that the pillow being on uh, having blood on it and being kind of turned over also is evidence that there was somebody else there so it's yeah. very what do you, uh, what do you make of what do you make of that dan no comment <laughs> They also, I I read on that little section that they the the serial number the serial number had been filed off professionally, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting thing to note. Is there's like a bad way of filing off a serial number and a true deep way of filing off a serial number. And these guys, this serial number was freaking deep. Yeah, this is deep. They 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 did it right. Yeah, that shit was carved out. Dr. Torleaf, he, man, he's like, this makes no sense. Uh, these guys are awesome. I love everybody in this episode. Oh, I do All too. of the old men are dressed impeccably in well-fitting clothes. I miss Europe. It, yeah. Also, <laughs> they, um, the, the, her labels of all of her clothes were cut off. Yeah, but not all of them. Yeah, there was one. I think I saw one that had like um, a tag. A blazer hanging in her closet had a Rene Lazard designer label on it. Plus, the attaché yeah. case had a label on the, it. Um, and right. I think Rene Lazard is a is German is a German manufacturer, right? I believe so. The name doesn't sound German, but oh yes. And then also her turquoise travel bag, not her attaché case. Maybe her attaché case too, but. Um, was made by Travel Light, and that's a German company. It's super friggin' like eighties, nineties, eighties, yeah, that turquoise. Like yeah. I think my mom had one of those. It's cool. I want it. Like I would like find that. That's something I would get it if I saw it Goodwill. Um, so those were some things that had label. I think there was something else that had a label too, like some uh, some sort of like it, they, like the black briefcase. It has oh. a uh, a silver bull on it. Which uh, I'm trying to figure out what the name is. It is German. Yeah, Give all the stuff is German. Braun Buffel. Um, that tells us nothing. That that's uh, the briefcase is a Braun Buffel. It's, it's a German thing. They say it's German. 
<laughs> we'll go with it. One eight eight seven Germany. I think they were established in eighteen eighty seven. I don't think that's the address, Dan. Oh, that's not located the number. at one eight eight seven. That, 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 that's Germany. not the number. Germany. Like call one eight Germany town in Germany. That, that's not Germany like drive. That's not like Miss Cleo one eight eight one eight eight seven. Call me now, Germany. Call me now for your free reading. That's like the song "Bad Company" from the band "Bad Company" from the album "Bad Company." <laughs> we get it, guys. So, uh, homicide cannot be excluded, is what Doctor Torleaf says. Um, and I like I like how scientific and uh, straightforward everyone is. Like you know, no one's spewing out crazy conspiracy. Everybody's very level. He says could be, cannot be excluded is his wording. Yeah, um, I don't know how exactly the translation is, but yeah, we well, you know. So, yeah, he uh, so the security guard came and then left for fifteen minutes to go get the other guy to let him in. And so they're they're speculating like, the or guard, he just didn't want to go un- in alone. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, and I totally fucking understand that. <laughs> what I don't get is why did he leave the floor? I'm pretty sure even back then each floor had a house phone for the maids to call rooms to be like hey would you like room service or turn down service this is norway man in america yeah you'd probably be like oh gunshot all right it's fucking tuesday i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he was just fucking scared what about walkie talkies yeah that was exactly that was totally a thing uh, excuse me Eli, we're adults. They're called two-way radios. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, man. I've been watching a lot of Stranger Things. They're so. not walkie-talkies, okay? <laughs> the talk boy. They, they had to all have talk boys, Dude, right? those walkie-talkies and Stranger Things Hi, are shit. I'd like to book a room, please. <laughs> for Jennifer on, Hotel. Fairgate. Oh, my God. Dude. This is the boyfriend. That's actually another theory. Luis Fairgate. Um, that's another theory is that maybe this room was already like procured by some sort of high up. I guess that, that might go, that might go with the uh, high class prostitute theory that we haven't really mentioned yet, which I don't think, it, I don't know. I guess the no pants thing, there's some credence, but, um, yeah, I guess that would go with the high class prostitute thing. Yeah, but that it was rounds? purchased by some like super rich man and she just goes in and uses that name and then they just like let her up to the room. You know, it's, it's the nineties. But why would they kill her though? Trick gone bad, or maybe she, maybe it could have been one of those. I mean, I guess it's super generic, and people on Reddit are saying it too. Like it's just like, oh, to think that she just like was depressed because of a dude is a bummer. But like maybe it could have been this lady who's obsessed. She thinks the rich man's gonna leave the wife for her, and you know the rendezvous goes wrong, and she just ends up killing herself. I mean, that's just. But why bring? But I, well, I'm just I'm confused. Why about bring that. a fucking like, loaded gun and with yeah, like a shit ton of other shots? Hey, when you're turning tricks, you never know when you're gonna have to cap when, a guy. High class prostitute. Yeah, that's another thing. They were like somebody in Reddit was but saying a nine that like, you'd want to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, nine millimeters is not a. That's not a joke. Like, able, speaking I of mean, the gun, it's it's not like impressive. It's not like. A forty-five, yeah, right. But I'm also thinking of like my wife carrying a nine mil. Oh, like, I could totally see your wife carrying a nine millimeter, like a cute little pink one. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so actually, actually, J- Jason's wife has. I'm pretty sure our friend Jason's wife packs 
Yeah, no, she yeah. bought she bought my Keltec and then said it was too small for her. And then, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah, is funny sure. because I sold it to her because it was too small for me. Dang, she's yeah. a, she's not a big girl either. I mean, yeah, she's a pretty. It small was girl. it was it was a tiny. A tiny all, it was too small, so I gave it to Jason. Well, they had a really <laughs> she had a really scary experience of like she was at like. I think it was when they lived in Odessa. It might have been San Antonio, but I'm pretty sure it was a. It like, was Odessa. Some guy, like she was at a grocery store, and I, th- I think the baby might have been really small, or she might have been pregnant. And some guy just jumped into the car and like sat in there with her, and she had to like drive off and like push him out. Oh, I remember it's that. Really scary. So yeah, she, she uh, learned how to responsibly carry a friggin' gun. <laughs> yeah, I remember she told. In us Odessa, that story. He, I get it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not really super into guns. So Wherever but, you yeah. have a high meth head to general, se- <laughs> yeah, ratio. ratio, yeah. Whenever when you have a high meth head to non meth head ratio, you're you're probably going to want to be armed. Yeah, it's fifty fifty over there. Well, uh, speaking, getting back to the gun itself, um, they're they're able to determine that this is indeed the gun that killed her. So there's no you know, there's no malarkey there. Drink. So the next thing that these guys do, um, Lars and his uh, and his buddies, the old the retired crime guys, they like kind of try to reenact the uh, the crime, and that's when they come up with the idea that she might have been drugged because of there being no struggle and everything else being so odd. Um, they could see all the time she left the hotel, and I have a decent timeline of it. So we're, we have a, a, a slightly – it's not different. It's just a little bit more detailed. Uh, we're going to go – A more th- linear timeline than the way Unsolved Mysteries, uh, I guess, yeah. displays it or and, and shows this it. And this is a pretty good mix. It's from the radiotimes.com, and it's a pretty good mix of uh, employees, sightings, and key card enters. No levies. So – no leaveys. Well, there you don't have to scan your card to get out. No leaveskis. <laughs> All right. So on Wednesday, May 31st of 1995, a woman calls the uh, Oslo Plaza, letting him know that she wants to check in that day and that two people will be staying in the room. Uh, that evening at 1044, Lewis. she uh, shows up and checks into her room, at which is room 2805 for the first time. So that's that's the first time that her key is physically swiped into the door is at 1044 p.m. Uh, of what day? What day was this? Uh, that Wednesday, is Wednesday, May 31st. The and, she died, May 31st. and she died on a what? Uh, they say Saturday evening. Okay. Okay. That's when they find her. That's, yeah. Well, so. And then so on Thursday, June 1st, at 1221 a.m., someone leaves the room. At 834 a.m., the key card is used again to enter the room on Thursday of the 1st. At uh, 1250 p.m., uh, on Thursday, the 1st of June, at 1250 p.m., the room is cleaned. According to Stuart uh, Vigdis Valo. <laughs> And a 19-year-old trainee, the room is unoccupied during this time while while the bed has been made, appears not to have been slept in, and the extra duvet, yeah. duvet provided for Jennifer's guests has not been used. Well, obviously, if you go back, pause there, if you go back, that like, she leaves at 1221 and doesn't come back until 8. I mean, it's like, Reddit and was just, saying it, so and like it's, she, it's really looking like she's she's 
having a little flirty time with someone else in this hotel. Or maybe staying right? in someone else's room, you know. Yeah, she came in, in this hotel. Dropped off her, yeah. her luggage, freshened up, and then went to someone else's room, spent the night there. Came back. Woke up the next morning, went and had breakfast or whatever, came back to her room, tidied up, freshened up, and then leaves again for the afternoon. Uh, so that's Thursday at 12.50 p.m. is when her room is serviced. At uh, On Friday, the 2nd of June, at 8.50 p.m., she returns to her room after not being in the room for 24 hours. <clears throat> at some point during this day, she uh, notifies the front desk that she would like to extend her stay, and uh, they tell her that she needs new keys. Uh, so at 11.05 a.m., she is issued new keys, Ooh. and uh, they are used to enter the room. Um, Friday... Of the 2nd, at 8.23 p.m., she orders room service. Uh, staff member Kristen Anderson delivers the oh, food. an easy one. And, repair, and reports the room almost looking sterile, as if, you know, someone had just checked in. Uh, she is also given a substantially large tip of 50 kroners, which equates to $5.51. She's the one who brought food? or she? Yeah, she brought brought the food. And then Saturday, June 3rd at 8.04 p.m., Oslo Plaza's head security enters the room and finds Jennifer dead. Uh, two duvets are found on the bed. Um, one thing I want to point out is the the people who – the girls who uh, were, were cleaning her room, they mentioned another pair of shoes, bright colored pair of shoes, and it stood out to them because of the uh, – you know, she had never seen that type or brand, probably because everything she was wearing, like we were saying, is German. Um, and those shoes weren't there when she was found. But this timeline, you know, there was some time in between, you know, where her, where these shoes could have. But yeah, it's just some. It's just interesting that she specific. That's like the specific thing she remembers. She's in that document, the Lars documentary. But like they were saying that they they prepped the room for two people to stay. And then the first time they cleaned the room, one of the duvets isn't used, so they oh, put the it duvets. away. And then when they discover her body again, there's two two duvets on the bed. So that makes them wonder, like, if there were who's the second person. My my speculation is is that you know the first night she doesn't stay in her room, she stays with whoever she met, and then she comes back to her room, freshens up, takes a nap, and uses the yeah. one bed spread. And then the following night. The Friday evening or the Thursday, yeah, well, it'd be Friday evening. Uh, her and a guest stay. And they pull out the duvet from from the bed or from the closet. They use it, and then that's where they discover her. That's, um, that's like. So we ta- we've danced a little bit around the uh, high class prostitute angle, yeah, but we haven't talked about. I think everybody, the internet's favorite, which is the uh, secret agent. Or highly uh, well-executed execution, if you will. I just, I, I, I just have a hard time buying that. Based on, did somebody really stay there until somebody knocked, so that they could fire a gunshot? Oh yeah, that's the weird part. And also, uh, it, it's just like the labels being removed is so weird. But it wasn't all of it. Like it's like she forgot about her luggage. But like what? What and if she, those... and she already hung one shirt? Or you know, it's just. Or what if that clothing was per- was like stolen? Um, Could be. 
Or what if she just really didn't, like, what if tags bothered her? What if they gave her mere sensitive skin? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's just odd. And then the fact that they gave her the room with no ID, no form of payment. I guess, I wonder, I bet you she could have gotten out scot-free had she not extended her stay. Mm, Yeah. In terms of, like, her not dying. Because they wouldn't have had. extend it? Um, I guess it's, uh, that's probably, I'm guessing that's why they checked. They're like, Oh, this woman wants to extend her stay. Let's charge her credit card. Yeah, there's no credit card. What? Oh, there's no card here. And they do send her a message via the television, uh, messaging system saying like, we would like you, we haven't received, I saw that, uh, come to the front desk and they know she read it because the system lets the front desk know when it was received and read. And you also physically have to click OK to clear out of that message. So, yeah, that's pretty high tech for ninety five. Not really. <laughs> uh, I guess we should mention that. Um, I guess this goes with the secret agent angle. They talk about how the plaza was used for uh, high high ups in certain governments that, for them to meet, specifically Palestinian and Iranian uh, dignitaries. Uh, having peace talks. Apparently that happened around those years. I guess it was a neutral ground. Um, but they just kind of mentioned that they just kind of, you know, that adds to their little assassin theory. Uh, and then of course this crazy dude, Ola Kaldager, um, you know, the Norwegian James Bond who assures us that spying is not, not like James Bond, but then he talks about how it's exactly like, James Bond. So <laughs> it's a little confusing. He talks about how he was a spy. In Make Middle- up your mind, man. <laughs> he talks about how he was a spy in the Middle East and Balkan and Africa. And yeah, he says it's not like James Bond, but he did get people to tell him things that they didn't want to tell him. So I don't know what that means. And he's happy got, to tell I, us. I think what he was saying is it's like it's like James Bond as in you do very fucked up shit to people to get information that you want. But it's not like James Bond in the sense that you have the endless budget of driving a badass fucking car and hot and just, women. And just, yeah, just screwing like, <laughs> endless amounts yeah. of ridiculous. Or, or maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. I don't know. Or just treating, I got them treating ad- beautiful women terribly. Basically. I got them to admit to doing things they didn't even do. <laughs> you know Christmas Jones? That's a bad Bond girl. Um, one person laughed. So um, Ola Cal- Calder's official title from the Unsolved Mysteries episode is Group Leader E14 Norwegian Intelligence Service. And he's happy to tell us that cutting the tags off of clothes is some spy shit. And yeah, he's fucking into it. Uh, yeah, you don't remember that from Burn After Reading? That's like the no, worst I, example. Everybody dies because they're a bunch of fucking idiots. I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie too. Wait, what? I don't remember them cutting off any tags. One of one of the characters, like he cuts his tags off oh, of his really? suit because it like bothers him. Like they like they have a whole bit about it. And then, like, one guy's like, yeah, he's a spook. See, there's no, there's no tags. There's no tags. And it's just because it it, it makes the guy's neck itch. So my favorite death in that is Brad Pitt's when he smiles in the, in the the closet. closet. He just gets shot in the face. (laughs) That's a good one. 
Um, so from Ola's point of view, it's a well-executed intelligence operation. Things that lead credence to this, like we were saying, is the serial number that was properly removed. Um, that's normal intel- procedure for intelligence, uh, so police don't track. And then the thing with the tags is, you know, is obvious, so people don't uh, track you to a specific country. Um, a second location is common. He calls it a second location. To me, it just seems like maybe she was hooking up with some dude, like possibly a couple yeah. uh, rooms down. Who knows? She you was know. just banging. Maybe. She's getting her jollies in. It's 95, man. Women can get theirs with their shoulder pads, their power business suits. He uh, he does say he does say that in situations like this, like both sides would keep quiet, and the government would just say your daughter's a hero, and you know, set them up financially, essentially. And I, I think it's a good time to uh, jump into our first of the unsolved mystery. It's a first for the unsolved mysteries reboot, but it is a common trope um, in the unsolved oh, mysteries yeah, as a whole. Dan's, oh yeah, this is Dan's favorite. Dig them up. We get dig them up. We get our first exhumation. Ooh, um, baby! November of 2016, they dig her up, and um, they're happy to find uh, that there's quite a lot of her preserved, and they're able to get a full DNA profile, which goes nowhere. Unsolved mystery. Dude, upload that shit. Upload it to 23andMe. Yeah, maybe. Uh. Nobody had reported her missing, so the DNA kind of just went nowhere. Well, there is something about their DNA, or, well, not necessarily the DNA, but from her teeth. They're able to... Uh, yeah, this was interesting. The nuclear detect- bomb thing? Yeah, they were able I, to I detect didn't... C-14 or cesium-14, uh, which is a nuclear isotope in her enamel. And the cool thing about this is by tracing the levels of that in their in her teeth, they were able to kind of come up with a general area of where she's from. And yeah, when she was also, born. And yeah. when she was born, we should also mention, I don't think we have yet, that when she checked into the hotel, she put that she was 21. But when doctors looked at her, her remains. They put her around like 30? They Yeah, they put her between 30 and like 25, I think. 30, then, give or take five years. And the exhumation put her at around 24. They say 71 through 73 is when they think she was born. So, and the C14, the the levels that they found in her teeth, they were able to come up that she was more likely from the Germany area. Eastern Germany, right? Eastern Germany, yeah. So she's probably Um, But you know what's funny is also they say that one of the employees said that she was speaking in an Eastern German accent. And also the clothes, the bags were from German companies. So it's like – they're Ooh. like, here's a bunch of science. And then a, poli- a girl who worked at the hotel told us that she was speaking in an Eastern German accent. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, the, 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 the teeth finding aged her at 24 also, right? Yes. So coupled with the exhumation. And an interesting thing they don't talk about in Unsolved Mystery is, is she had very – or well, actually just in her autopsy in general, she had very detailed dental work done. Detailed dental work? Yeah, so, like, you know, it, all of her fillings were either porcelain or gold. Like, you know, like, the type of fillings you would get done at, like, a dentist here in the U.S. Yeah. So, you know. Huh, I missed um, that little de- nugget of detail. I, I, I just liked the way this uh, Reddit user explained this. Pure Perfection says three years ago, 
This hotel apparently allowed Jennifer to check in to stay a couple of nights, extend her booking, have room service delivered, consume beverages from a mini bar, and order pay-per-view TV without putting a credit card on file, paying a deposit in cash, or getting a photocopy of her ID. It's pretty ridiculous, but I guess not by this hotel standards at the time. And then the answer is, welcome to Norway, at least in the 90s. Probably wouldn't be able to do that now. <laughs> but I just thought that was a well, well-written explanation of the one confusing aspect of this. Yeah, people were a lot more trusting. I mean, the the reason we have security measures is because somebody took advantage of the system. And they just keep adding more and more. I mean, case in point, we used to fly. We, we used to fly on aircraft without like really going to like thorough security. Oh yeah, man. You could, you could show up to an airport and have like a knife in your, in your like checked luggage and be like, Hey, just don't use it. We were watching the Goldbergs, the Goldbergs today. A sitcom takes place in the eighties and they did like a little airplane airplane. And they were just like, things are a little different. Like the guy's checking Barry's bag and he's like, no chucks. Nin- like what is it? You know, he's like, like ninja stars, throw- throwing stars, and he's like, "Cool!" He just gives his <laughs> stuff back to him. And then uh, another thing was like uh, the pilot was like, "Was like it's going to be a little bumpy, guys. Hold on to your cigarettes." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flying was very different back then. I remember being what young, and my brother would fly, and we'd meet him at the gate. Like, oh yeah, he- we'd watch his plane land, and he would come oh, out. Man, of- I miss that. I remember when he got he would, onto a flight and there wasn't like 600 people stuffed into a 200 yeah. foot long aluminum tube. Yeah. What do you call, what do you call, I, I just, my memory escapes me. I know what they're called. The, the little tunnel that you take jetway? to go the jetway. Yes. So he would come out of the jetway and we would be like, there, like, Hey, what's up, man? Giving him hugs. Not anymore. But no, someone had to take box cutters on a fucking airplane and. Knock down two buildings. Well, depending on God. what you believe. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. Assholes exist. Dude, I know. It's so terrible. Um, so since this is Oslo, just give you a lovely picture of this place. If you're ever there, I highly recommend you check out this place called Frogner Park. It's Frogner uh, Park. a gorgeous park that is filled with nothing but statues doing some fucked up shit. Like a gladiator punting a baby into a river. Oh. <laughs> or two women. Why did that guy hate babies? That's awesome. So another weird thread that we want to go into is the cologne that's found in the room. And they don't mention the cologne at all in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, right? I don't think so. I so, think that was something from Lars. I don't Lars's. remember any mention. So just so I know, just so everybody knows, I only watched the Unsolved Mysteries I didn't watch the documentary and yeah. I barely well, like just saw the minutes. website right before we started recording. So I have limited information. So Lars, uh, in Lars's doc, he talks about the, uh, the, the cologne. Yeah. So the, her room is pretty much pristine other than just the briefcase with the 25 bullets, her clothing. And, uh, that's about it. Except for one thing. Small detail, which is a bottle of men's cologne hmm. that has a single fingerprint that is hers, which is kind of kind of odd because, like, it's a cologne bottle or or a perfume bottle. Like, it when you spray it or use it or hold it just in general, like, it's going to have more than just one singular yeah. 
fingerprint. Yeah, clothes, attache case, her food. Which also makes you wonder, like, she's a woman. Why is she carrying men's cologne? Right. Um, there was also uh, so, a watch. Oh, and they also yeah, they the had watch. a diver's watch. It was a citizen diver's watch. Aqualad. Aqualand. Sorry. That's my superhero nerdism. Um, so, is, that a female, is it a female watch? I think it is. Right? I don't know. I do know it's a dive watch because on the band it shows uh, it has a dive chart of like 100 meters. Your maximum oh, the, depth time is 20 minutes. She was wearing minutes. it. She was wearing yeah. the watch. So, yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I guess that theory about like maybe her being killed before checks out because what if somebody was chilling there, shot her, and was just waiting for somebody to knock? So, and then they fired the bullet into the pillow, po- make police think that it was like a test shot, but it was actually a decoy shot to get someone to leave the shot. area. And then have them exit. What did that? What? What was there? Scaffolding? What did the outside of this? What? We, Dan, you were there. What is the outside of this? It's b- a glass building, building like? and it's twenty-eight. Well, it's thirty-two oh, it's floors. Yeah. Oh shit! So this guy, if somebody left, he's not leaving through the window. Yeah, she. She was yeah. on the twenty-eighth floor. There, I have some information here from Reddit about some of the people in the surrounding rooms, and a lot of them didn't hear anything, which is super weird. Uh, that is weird. But a neighbor of room 2816 uh, said that she heard a racket the night before this woman died, and it sounded like doors slamming, furniture moving, kind of. like That's weird. Yeah, they show her a bunch of sounds in that other little dock, and she, like, chooses the one that's closest. Yeah. But then when they come in, the room's pretty pristine. That's interesting. Would this be the girl that's the roof? That's next to room 2016. The room right next door to no. her, right? The woman? The, the woman that is complaining about the noise is next to room 2816. Oh, okay. So. the Also uh, interesting about room 2816 is um, all the guests are given a free newspaper and in a bat. And it has the room number on it. But in the victim's room 2805, there is an issue of USA Today on the desk. That had twenty the number twenty eight sixteen on it, with an unidentified fingerprint on it. Um, twenty eight oh four, the room directly next to hers, right or across from hers because it's audio. Across, even. yeah. This is the room uh, resided by what the internet and sl- internet sleuths are calling Mister F. Um, I'll just read what this uh, Reddit says. Not much is known about Mr. F other than the fact that he is from Belgium, which is very, very, very interesting. And it says, of course, where the victim is supposedly from, lived, worked, and tried calling to during her stay at the hotel. Um, yeah, because apparently there's some phone calls to Belgium uh, that she made during her stay, which they don't I, don't, I don't think they mentioned in Unsolved Mysteries either. Uh, she called to this area vaguely this area. So when the police asked him about the case, this Mr. F that nobody knows anything about, he said he was informed that a woman had been found dead at the hotel um, when he was checking out Saturday morning, but the victim wasn't found dead until Saturday evening. 
So obviously they asked him how uh, this was even possible, and he responded with saying that he knew nothing about it and that he only remembers being told, and that's it. <clears throat> so that's another interesting thing is this Mr. F, apparently ch- when he checked out, said that they told him that there was a body and that somebody had been found dead, and they didn't find the body till that night. This also could just be a simple mix-up with dates and uh, time. Yeah, you it's know. possible. Um, but it is interesting, Mr. F, who I think the most interesting thing, obviously, is that he's he's a that he's from Belgium, and that's all we know about him. Um, the room looks the room looks pretty the same. Well, the bathroom just, looks yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. So twenty eight sixteen, the unknown person. Uh, twenty eight oh four apparently is where Mr. F was. In twenty eight sixteen, nothing is known about this person. Um, except for that, the weird, uh, the newspaper connection and noise adjacent. Oh yeah. And that a person heard noise in like in that room, which could have been some sort of, could have been anything really. It could have been them just having sex, but, uh, um, it could have been something more violent or sinister. So it's really interesting. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of like, details because there are so many people there and just like, you know, they can't really put it all into a uh, one episode of unsolved mysteries, but that's why uh, we had some fun scouring the internet and finding out some more information on this. Man, this is so intriguing. It's just layers of deep, deep, deep. Yeah. yeah. Mysteries. The the fingerprint on the newspaper has was sent off to Interpol. I'm telling you, man, they need to just take that DNA profile and upload it. Twenty three and me, that bitch. Yeah, at so, least that way they could probably get a, a real name, maybe. So some people think that um, possibly she could have been murdered by one of two guests, possibly this Mister F, or possibly the twenty eight sixteen guest. So uh, why does no, why is nothing known about twenty eight sixteen? Uh, they just never released his name, I guess, because I don't know. So police know who he is, but they just haven't well, said. Yeah, he just—he's the one who said that they told him that there was a body, and apparently the body was found later that night. But there's no more information about him, um, at least that we could find. And twenty eight oh four, Mister F, even has a cool nickname. So I don't even know. That's interesting, and and but I just think it's weird that there was some there was a couple of calls. She she tried and failed to make a call to Belgium, and it's weird. Yeah, that's weird. And it's weird that this guy uh, is from Belgium, or maybe was just in her room. I don't know. It's all very weird and suspect. Yeah, um, that's very sus. It, it's super sus. Sis sus. Um. So one thing I did want to ask is I I noticed on the ID card they have a second name on there. They have Jennifer and Lois. Fairly. Lewis, yeah. She didn't even spell it Lois. right. Lois. Lewis. But she said it was uh, apparently in the call that she was checking in, and that's the male they think uh, she was seen with or just adjacent to or was with her when she checked in. God, this is so frustrating. Yeah. It's like now, I feel like this is so solvable, especially now with all of our technology. It's like 25 years ago and everybody that was there like is happy to talk about it, but it's in such bits, it's in such bits and pieces that, uh, when you put it all together, it, it becomes pretty interesting, but it's also like, 
how many, you know, rooms did they clean? How many people did they see? Like how, you know, is it, you know, they did this job for a long time. So it's just like, how reliable is what they're saying? Dan sending me dirty pictures of statues. Oh, from that park in Oslo. <laughs> That's smut. No, that sounds fun. I'm trying to find the one there. There's the stomping baby. Who's the artist? I don't know. They all look like this done by the same person, right? Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. Trying to so, find the, sorry. I'm trying to find the gladiator kicking the baby one, but go ahead. That I was just saying that on that website, they have a really like a reconstruction, a reconstructed photo of her face. And it's very creepy. It's, I don't know. Haunting. Um, this is yeah, so I definitely, I definitely suggest that everybody go in. And- what is the website? Yeah, dude, it's just VG VG dot com. VG dot no. Let me try it. It took me to a website that showed me a. It's just it's just a. Norwegians talking shit about our crazy politics. <laughs> sounds fun. Um, yeah, we'll post a link to that, uh, the website. And you could probably just also just as easily Google mystery at Oslo Plaza. And uh, yeah, we'll put a link to it. It's really interesting. It's a really well yeah, it's done super cool. website. It's completely produced by uh, Lars. I forget his full name. Um, the guy, the journal, the investigative journalist who, tells most of the story in the unsolved mysteries episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to watch the documentary as soon as we're done. And I'm also going to go back and watch this episode again. I think there, there's a lot of the same stuff. Like if you watch this documentary, you'll be like, Oh, okay. They kind of like uh, just had drones and actual reenactments. And uh, they just kind of did a better version of what that documentary is. But there is some details like, the perfume and interviews with people that work there that aren't in the unsolved mysteries episode or the cologne, I should say, because apparently it was a male cologne. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I'm pre- This is pretty, this is pretty solvable. I, f- I have a feeling this is going to get solved one way. Cause I mean, DNA has come so far. Yeah. But it's, it's just that privacy thing that everyone keeps wondering about, right? Like what, what are the ethics? But do uh, it now. Just get it all done now before <laughs> they put laws. Before they start making you check all your bags and you can't bring nunchucks on the airplane. Yeah. Go ahead and do it now. <laughs> before they start regulating every little thing, like privacy. No. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, uh, this is this is fun. This case is so fucking wild and creepy. Oh, bizarre. I, I was reading too much Reddit and it got too quiet and I got scared. <laughs> and then you called uh, to, to start the podcast and I was like. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. I was in a weird headspace too, man, right before I we started, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's it's an eerie uh story and either even yeah. At its weirdest it's some crazy spy plot and it's at its simplest it's just some sad case of heartbreak. I just think it's so weird. Like I can't the cases like this, not just this one, but like for me to wrap my head around that somebody out there was with her, knows who she was ran into her and now she's gone yeah. and they there's somebody out there with some sort of an like oh yeah like insight as to oh I I met her X Y and Z and kind yeah. of fill those gaps 
was weird. She, was she a high class prostitute? Was she a high class, or or was she a crazy spy, or was she just somebody who went to a fancy hotel to meet her lover, and she's just continually, continuously heartbroken by this person who, for but you know, for whatever reason, has broken her heart. Could be very well what yeah, happened. Could be. I like the spy stuff better. I, I, I you know. I wish it was some. I hope she's some badass, perfect dark style. You know, but who knows? <laughs> um, it's I don't know. The, the intelligence guy is a little goofy. He's so convinced that it's a hit uh, that it comes off like you're like, really, dude? Like because they don't do that good of a job, right? I don't know. Right. <laughs> if it is a hit, it's like there's too many weird things that aren't that consistent. So, yeah, it's all very interesting. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll be back next time to talk about Western Eubanks. And uh, um, hopefully fucking find that piece of shit. If he's not oh, yeah, that guy's, want, that guy's here. If the Almighty Somewhere. Lord hasn't taken care of his ass first. Um, but, yeah, that's an interesting case. Uh, yeah. So, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Eli. Uh, I'm David. Um, follow us on Instagram. Rate and review. Uh, yeah. We, we're Instagram's really fun when these new episodes come out. Everybody's kind of sharing their theories. It's a good time. Um, yeah. For every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening. And perhaps that someone is you.